Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. My name is Shade Zawoski with you here, and the Blackhawks winning streak has come to an end after four games and points in six straight. The Hawks lose 4-2 to the Carolina Hurricanes, and it was a game for 48 minutes that felt like a complete and utter beatdown And all of a sudden, the Hawks found life and made it interesting. We're going to get into all of it. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. If you want to follow my personal account, and please do, it's at JayZawaski670. You can also find the Madhouse Podcast Twitter account at MadhousePod. New Madhouse Podcast coming out later today, by the way, should be available around lunchtime. James Naveau. And I will have that done for you around 1130-ish, maybe a little bit sooner than that. So keep an eye out for that one as well. Leave a voicemail, 708-653-0572. Never too early to leave your messages for Talk Back Tuesday. Of course, we'll also go over the pluses and minuses and go down to the number line as we always do after the game. But as this game was going on and Carolina was dominating and the Hawks really couldn't muster anything I found myself thinking about how this podcast was going to go and how I was going to approach the way I sort of attacked it, right? Like how, like what's my feel for this? How do I feel watching this game? And I think a lot of times the danger in doing a podcast immediately after a game ends is that you can react a little bit emotionally. So during games, especially since I've been doing Locked On Blackhawks, I've been trying to keep that in the back of my mind and what we saw for 48 minutes was not good I'm not going to pretend like it was a good thing that Carolina Hurricanes had a huge edge in play there was absolutely no doubt about it and they deserve to win this game that said this was one of those games where nothing the Blackhawks did went their way every shot was blocked every pass was deflected Every puck was fumbled, and you could see the plays the Blackhawks were trying to make, but they simply could not make them for whatever reason, and you could see it was a frustrating effort. You could see that they were having, uh, you know, on their faces, visibly frustrated by just their lack of puck luck at all. Nothing could go their way, and a good example is the first Carolina goal, the 2-on-0. Eric Gustafson falls down at the blue line, which these things happen, right? Duncan Keith's stick gets stuck under Eric Gustafson, so he can't head to defend the breakaway. The Canes are on a 2-0 break, literally. two. It was like there was no one else on the ice. It was two Carolina Hurricanes and Robin Leonard, and almost every time that's the case, the skaters are going to beat the goalie, and that's what happened. That was just an example There was time after time after time in this game where the Blackhawks had good looks and it hit a skate or hit a stick. So I'm not overly panicked by how the first 48 minutes went. Again, it wasn't good. And yes, there were a lot of times where the Blackhawks were chasing the Carolina Hurricanes, unable to get the puck away, especially in that first period, which was especially bad. But like I said on Tuesday's show, Carolina's a really good team. They match up very well against the Blackhawks because they have speed to burn. They have so many speedy 
forwards. And you saw that in effect several times. There were probably double digit odd man rushes from the Hurricanes last night that they generated with their speed alone. So not going to really get super mad about this one. The Hawks, which I really you know, was happy about, battled back and made it a game. And one of the questions I was asking myself was, okay, now that they're struggling for the first time since the big change, how will Jeremy Cowton adjust? And he pushed some the correct buttons in the third period, switched up the lines. He had Taves with Sod and Shaw. He had Doc with DeBrinket and Kane. He had Strom with Carpenter and Nylander. And he had Kampf with Smith and Kubalik. And those line changes made an impact. The Hawks were definitely a more effective team in the third period. There's no question about that. They had 20 shots on goal in the third period alone. Ended up with a game total of 32. So if you're wondering how the rest of the game went, that should tell you. They outshot Carolina 20-6 to in the third period. Um, so, you know, before that, just a very uneven game. But I, I did like the fact that Jeremy Cowton tried something new, and it seemed to work. One complaint I do have is third period, down a goal, you get a power play, and you have Andrew Shaw taking the draw. Now, Andrew Shaw is not terrible at faceoffs. I'm not going to pretend like he's the worst faceoff man in the league. He went 1-6 and lost 4 last night, so 60%, which is very good, obviously. But why not throw Jonathan Taves out there? I know he's part of the second power play unit in quotes, but he's been playing really, really well. And last night was no different. Jonathan Taves, I think, was, despite not getting on a score sheet, was probably the best Blackhawk on the ice aside from Patrick Kane. Five shots on goal, four more shot attempts, won 57% of his faceoffs. And yeah, we're going to get into the numbers uh, as we go. But in this game where the Blackhawks were badly outpossessed, Jonathan Taves led the Blackhawks with a 63.33 Corsi 4 percentage at 5 on 5. That's that's impressive. That I mean, th- there's no arguing that he had a tremendous game and despite, you know, the way the game went possession-wise and shots-wise early on, Jonathan Taves still high above the 50% mark. He and Saad and Nylander once again one, two, three in the possession numbers in this game. We've gone seven minutes almost and have not mentioned the name of Robin Leonard, who once again kept the Blackhawks in the game when they had no business being in the game. He was tremendous again, only allowing three goals again. He could have given up six or seven goals, and I wouldn't have blamed him in the least. Uh, Robin Leonard coming up huge on Sebastian Ajo, uh, on the power play breakaway he had, stopped several more odd man rushes and second chance opportunities. Robin Leonard continues to shine and continues to show his value to the Chicago Blackhawks. One of the best free agent signings of the summer by any team. Robin Leonard has been absolutely tremendous. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now. Our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. 
It's Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to go over the pluses and minuses of the Blackhawks 4-2 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. Let's start with the pluses. First plus of the game goes to Patrick Kane, who extended his point streak to 10 games, adding two assists. He also had four shots on goal and another uh, um, uh, another missed shot. 23-14 of ice time, including 424 of power play time. That rush he had in the third period where he took it end-to-end and almost scored was unreal. Also, didn't like the fact that Patrick Kane was cross-checked into the boards by Sebastian Ajo towards the end of the game. I did like the fact that he was pissed about it and got in the face of Ajo after the game. You saw a lot of Blackhawks fired up about that. And I've got an email here uh, from Travis Barker, who's a listener to all my Blackhawks podcasts, and I appreciate it. He's been sort of on the goon train, thinking the Blackhawks need an enforcer. I, I kind of disagree with that. I, I think, first of all, there aren't really any goons anymore. It's not really a thing. Um, but guys can stand up for themselves. I don't think that uh, Patrick Kane's going to back down for anybody. Even Alex Dabrinkit has shown the willingness to battle and, and sort of fight for himself. Would I like to see a little more of a response when uh, Patrick Kane gets cross-checked? Yes, in normal situations I would, but you're down a goal. You don't want to go into the penalty box trying to tie the game up. So they showed a little bit of restraint there by not engaging. The other thing in the Nashville game, Nashville was trying to stir it up too. What's the point? Why let them back in the game? Let it pass. You're going to have to take a shot here or there. Do not engage, and you'll stay out of the penalty box and be able to either maintain a lead lead you have or you won't be shorthanded for two minutes when you're trying to catch the team you're behind. So I think the whole get a goon, fight for a guy, I think that whole thing is overrated. I think it's a little bit oversold. But anyway, glad to see Patrick Kane uh, stick up for himself and and his teammates You know, sort of come to his aid as well. Uh, Jonathan Taves, another plus in this game think he had a really solid game he continues to be uh sort of trending in the right direction here yes a minus two in this game no doubt about it that's not great but as we know plus minus is a bit of a archaic stat Taves had five shots on goal three uh block shots and one miss shot uh and again won 57 percent of his faceoffs. he was buzzing kind of all night he was one of the few Blackhawks that was actually contributing for 60 minutes and especially in that third period you could really see uh Jonathan Taves really want the passion that we know and love from Jonathan Taves was there he was engaged he was ready to go the entire night so uh props to Jonathan Taves for a strong game Kirby Doc not great but again picked up an assist and extending his point streak he was a plus two 1406 of ice time so we're seeing that ice time go up and up and up Two shots on goal, two more shots blocked. Over uh, four on faceoff, which, which isn't great, but we are seeing the evolution of Kirby Doc happen before our eyes. It's time to give him some power play time. Take away Dominic Kubalik's power play time and give it to Kirby Doc, at least for the time being, just to see how it goes. One more positive, obviously, Robin Leonard, who was tremendous again as he's been most nights. Uh, really solid performance for Leonard stopping uh, 29 of 32 shots against him. Again, this game could have been way more out of hand if not for Robin Leonard's heroics. Now let's get to the minuses. My first minus of the game 
goes to Dylan Strom. Not much of a factor at all in this game. Minus two, just one shot on goal, another missed shot. Only won 36% of his faceoffs. Uh, Patrick, uh, Pat Foley pointed it out during the third period that Dylan Strom was pretty much a non-factor. Came to life a little bit later as the Blackhawks came to life. But if Dylan Strom wants a big money long-term contract from his team, he's going to have to eliminate the games where he is a non-factor. Yes, every player is going to have a bad game now and again. But I think that Strom this year has had chunks of bad games at a time. And when I say bad, I don't mean actively costing the team. You know, it's not like he's playing, making bad plays or stupid plays, but he's just a non-factor. If this kid wants $6 million or $5.5 million on his next contract this summer, he's going to have to show a little more consistency. I think he can. I think he's capable of it. I think paying him would not be a mistake. But if you want to feel really good about paying him, you want to see those non-competitive games uh, get cut down a little bit. Another minus for me goes to Alex Nylander, played 15-21 in this game, and, and wasn't necessarily bad. Saw some hustle from him, saw him trying to make some defensive plays, but I'm having flashbacks to his father, Michael Nylander, with the constant peeling off. He's got the puck, he rushes into the zone, and he curls away into the wall, or curls... It, sometimes you can just take a shot. Sometimes the simplest play is the right play. And I feel like Alex Nylander is constantly trying to create things by stopping and going or spinning out of, you know, spinning out of uh, harm's way or whatever. Sometimes, and look, I, I don't want to take his instincts away from him. He's a an elite offensive talent, but sometimes I want to see him just simplify the game a little bit. I think he can. I think he will as his career goes on. Um, but tonight was a little bit frustrating as the game was going the way it was going when the Blackhawks had limited opportunities to, to score and to shoot. Nylander had a couple in those moments where he could have just put a shot on goal. You never know what's going to happen. And he passed it up to peel off and, and look for a better and more highlight reel play. Just sometimes the game dictates just keep it simple. I'd like to see Alex Nylander do that a little more often. But again, very pleased with his play uh, so far this season overall. But there have been some troubling things that I think, uh, you know, warrant pointing out. One more minus of the game goes to Andrew Shaw. Uh, the effort's there. You know, Andrew Shaw is always going to give you the most he has, right? I never question his desire. I never question his effort. But he was another one, like Nylander, trying to stick handle and trying to make cute plays all night. And I know as the game gets more frustrating, there's a natural sort of temptation to try to be perfect. And I think that's what Neil Andrew was doing. And I saw a lot of it from Shaw last night as well. Just, you're Andrew Shaw. Go to the net, dump the puck in, hit somebody, score the simple, ugly garbage goals that you were brought in here to score. I don't need Andrew Shaw cycling the puck and trying to stick handle around defenders. Sometimes it works for him. Sometimes. But most of the time, I want to see Andrew Shaw keep things simple. It's time to go down the number line here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Jay Zawoski. Let's take a look inside some of the numbers of this game. 
Blackhawks leader in ice time. You want to take a guess? Yes, it was Duncan Keith, 23-52 of ice time. Two shots on goal, three shots blocked. He had a hit and two blocked shots of his own. Solid game for Duncan Keith. He continues to be uh, a driver, a catalyst of uh, good defensive play. Amazing at his age with all the mileage on him. Uh, I think, if anything, he's had a jump up this season from last and even 50% in Corsi rating. 17 shot attempts for, 17 shot attempts against with Keith on the ice. So, solid game for him. But Duncan Keith played very well. Uh, Corsi leaders in this game. I already mentioned Jonathan Taves with a 63.33%. Corsi 4 percentage at 5 on 5. He was on the ice for 19 shot attempts for and 11 against. Brandon Saad right behind him, 6207, 18 attempts for, 11 against. Then Alex Nylander, 13 and 10 for a percentage of 56.52. Other Blackhawks over 50%. Andrew Shaw at 54.55. Then Zach Smith, David Kampf, Duncan Keith, and Eric Gustafson all at an even 50% Corsi rating. The bottom of the list, Dylan Strom, who I brought up last segment, was a 22.73 Corsi rating, five shot attempts for 17 against with Dylan Strom on the ice. That's not great. Alex DeBrinkett, second to last with the 31-43. 11 shot attempts for, 24 against. And Patrick Kane, third to last with a 40.48. 17 shot attempts for, 25 against for Patrick Kane. But what matters is two more assists for Patrick Kane. Extends his point streak to 10 games. He's absolutely on fire points-wise. And like I say, every night when we go over these numbers, they're just a tool. They're not the be-all, end-all. Some other numbers of note looking at the box score. Kirby Doc was a plus two with an assist. Two shots on goal, two more block shots. He went over four from the faceoff dot. Eric Gustafson picking up a goal. 1957 of ice time. His ice time is going up. Obviously, that includes 11 or 111 of power play time. Brandon Saad, this is just interesting. The numbers across the board. One shot, one block shot, one miss shot, one hit. Two giveaways, one takeaway, one block shot, and one face-off loss. Lots of ones on there for Brandon Todd. He was also a minus. Yes, one. So, you know, disappointing end to the point streak. There's no doubt about that. I mentioned on Tuesday's podcast that this would be one of those games where the Hawks would have the eyes of the city a little bit, where some people had heard, oh, here the Hawks are getting hot, and there's really nothing else on TV tonight of great interest, maybe I'll check out the Blackhawks. It's a shame that for the first two periods and a half, the Hawks were not able to put up much of an effort. Uh, and again, I'm not questioning the effort, I'm questioning the results. Uh, things should just not go their way for the first you know, two-thirds of the game, or plus last night. But hopefully those people that checked out the Hawks stuck around until the third period and watched the comeback and saw those late scoring chances the fact that they were able to do that to me is encouraging. And the fact that Jeremy Cowton made some adjustments line-wise and they worked out is also encouraging to me. So I'm not going to say more good than bad out of this game. There was a lot of bad. There's no doubt about that. There were a lot of things that were concerning. And look, even during the point streak, even during the win streak, most nights the Hawks were being outshot, outpossessed, that's going to be the state of things most nights. And you have to worry, can Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford maintain 
the level of play they've put forth over this last little bit. Robin Leonard all year, but Corey Crawford, especially lately, has been really, really good. Is that sustainable? Can you expect both guys to stand on their heads every night? I don't think you can. The problem with that is, what's the solution? We've already seen the Blackhawks try to play a defense-first system, and it absolutely failed miserably. It almost got the coach fired. It made players pissed. They were unhappy. They were uninspired. It was just an ugly, ugly mess. And and there's no way any of us or any of them want to go back to that. This is just how games are going to be. They're just going to be track meets every night. And there will be some times where the Hawks are playing a team like Carolina that's much faster than them and much more skilled than them. And they're also going to run into games where they're outcoached. And their coach is able to game plan better or adapt better than Jeremy Cowton does. And sure, there might be some nights where Jeremy Cowton outcoaches his opponent too. But whether you love Cowton or hate him, he's a young coach. He's still learning how to do this job at the NHL level. And there's going to be those nights. I just think that aside from acquiring some players with some speed, there's not a lot the Hawks can do here. When Drake Kajula gets out of the concussion protocol, maybe he returns to the lineup and adds an element of speed. But he's been there before, and as much as I like the guy and the way he plays, I'm not sure he can be counted on to be a contributor every night, to be a guy that's going to change the way the team looks every night. I just don't know if there are a lot of answers here. At this point, the way Gustafson has played lately, Does it make sense to hold on to him for as long as you can? They've got to trade him at the trade deadline. I'm not backing off from that. But you hang on to him while you can and get out of him what you can offensively. Or do you bring in a guy you think can maybe defend a little better? I I truly don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I think as we now have this winning streak over, we can better evaluate how this team is. The 7-2 win over Nashville was not real, right? It was great. It was entertaining. The Hawks kicked their ass. But I think we all sort of realized in that game that it was not that far apart in terms of performance, right? Nashville still had the puck a lot, had a lot of scoring chances, etc. The Hawks just were better that night. I'm very curious to see how this month goes. The rest of the month is tough. It's... Tampa on Thursday, it's Dallas twice, uh, first Saturday, then again on Tuesday, and then Friday and Saturday of next week against the Colorado Avalanche, uh, home then away. This will be a big test for the Blackhawks, and if they can come out of these next five games with six points, seven points, I'll feel pretty good about it. I'll feel pretty good about things, but... These games, especially the two against Dallas and the two against Colorado, are huge. Huge. And I know it's only November, and it's early to say that. But this loss tonight against Carolina is a step back. After they had just closed the gap in the standings, now the Blackhawks find themselves chasing instead of gaining ground. And look, it's a roller coaster. It's going to be that way all year round for every team. 
There's no doubt about that. But this was a missed opportunity. And had they come out and played at a higher level to start the game, maybe things would have been better. Maybe they would have walked away with two points instead of none. But the St. Louis Blues won last night. The Winnipeg Jets won last night. The Dallas Stars won last night. The Colorado Avalanche won last night. So this was an opportunity missed. Hopefully, when the Hawks have the chance to make up those points at the end of this week and next week, they'll take advantage of that opportunity. That's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks. My name is Jay Zawoski. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you've not already subscribed, please do. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, my favorite apps, Pocket Casts. Anywhere you find your podcast, you will find Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure you subscribe, give it a five-star rating, leave a positive review. All those things help the podcast grow and become more visible to other people looking to find a Blackhawks podcast. And what better than a daily Blackhawks podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network? Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for your continued support. I will talk to you on Thursday morning on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.